Right now, I'm making one of my favorite non-alcoholic drinks, a mix of Wilderton's earthen non-alcoholic distilled spirit with sparkling soda. Earthrin has this beautiful, bold smell and taste of cardamom, white peppercorn, and some smoked white tea, along with wood. It is robust, sultry, and has this warm, lingering finish. I gotta be honest, when I first tasted Earthrin, it felt like I was transported to a dense forest in the Pacific Northwest, and it totally reminded me of time I spent in Oregon. It has now become a regular drink of mine and is a nice way to break up the mid-afternoon workday. The really interesting thing about Wilderton's Botanical Distilled Spirits is that they are not trying to create a replacement for their alcohol counterparts. They are a completely different kind of distilled spirit with their own unique flavor profile. Hi everyone, I'm Marco Salazar and welcome to the For All Drinks podcast, your place for discovering delicious non-alcoholic beer, wine, spirits, mocktails, and more for leading a fun, healthy, and inclusive lifestyle. On today's episode, we have Brad Whiting from Wilderton Spirits. Thanks so much for joining us today. Brad Whiting and Seth O'Malley came together for a new vision of distilling. Brad, a liquor industry veteran, longed for drink options that would celebrate the complexity and experience of a traditional spirit, but that paired better with an active lifestyle. Seth, an expert distiller, had a passion for botanicals and was feeling constrained by the limited flavors celebrated in spirits. When the two connected, the answer was clear. They set out to create a distilled spirit rooted in flavor, unbounded by alcohol. With Oregon's adventure spirit as their guide, Seth and Brad began a two-year journey of experimentation. Free from the confines of traditional thinking, they combined Seth's vast library of botanical samples, tried dozens of wild combinations, and experimented with various production methods. The goal? To create spirits with unique flavor and complexity that would elevate non-alcoholic cocktails. The beautiful result was Wilderton. So to learn more about Wilderton Spirits, here's co-founder and CEO, Brad Whiting. Hey, Brad, welcome to the Four All Drinks podcast. Thanks, Marcos. Super excited to be here. I'm excited to chat with you because I have to be honest, Wilderton is one of the non-alcoholic spirits that I have enjoyed so much recently and been extremely surprised about. Um, and for those of you that are listening, as soon as you open up a bottle of either of the Wilderton flavors, you're going to get hit in the nose with so many complex and bold flavors. And when I think about this non-alcoholic spirit space, I think of designer and direct spirits with direct spirits being a one-for-one, -one, a whiskey substituting for whiskey. And with Wilderton is an entire unique spirit in and of itself. So I can't wait to get into the making of Wilderton and the amazing product that you created. So to kick it off, where did the idea for Wilderton come from? I was in the traditional spirits world for about 15 years and had the opportunity through that time to travel around the US and around the world, visiting all types of distilleries, tequila distilleries, rum distilleries, various types of whiskey distilleries. And over that time, just I really fell in love with the art and the science and the mystique of distilling. But as I got further in my career and frankly had a small child and was getting into my 40s, I was looking to find a way to respect the, the culture of distilling and the creativity of distilling, but in a format that was a little bit more inclusive. And I was lucky to start that process in 2018, right at the front end of this non-alc spirits category. And yeah, I was just really lucky to find a local distilling partner here in Portland, Oregon. And again, wanted to 
look at not trying to mimic an existing spirit because of we believe that bourbon is bourbon because of the way they've made bourbon for a couple hundred years and same with scotch and tequila and for us really wanted to take the the creativity and a little bit of the maybe irreverence of the craft spirits um, industry to do things differently and yeah set off on a path to make something that very reminiscent of spirits certainly won't be mistaken for any anything currently on your back bar yeah and I respect that of just wanting to create uh, something new and innovate within both the spirit space in general, but also in this emerging non-alcoholic beverage industry. So as you started thinking about wanting to do this, what were those steps? How did you think about the different types of flavors that you were thinking about integrating and, and how did these two products eventually emerge? It was an iterative process as, as many as many new to world things are, and, and they had a lot of forks in the road and, and a lot of U-turns in the road. A, a lot of it came down to the gentleman, Seth O'Malley, who I ended up partnering with here in Portland. I, I call him reverently a botanical nerd. He, he came out of a background of tea making and, and perfumery and traditional distilling and really just is somebody who has a botanical library that's almost unmatched. And when I first started talking to Seth about this project, the excitement he had of bringing botanicals that were not traditionally in spirits into a beverage application really just got him super excited. And the ability to layer complex flavors and aromas, again, from botanicals that you're not used to seeing in a gin or in traditional spirits just really opened up the playing field for Seth and I to, to work on these two expressions. And where we ended up with the, the first two, one's called Earthen, one is called Luster. Really, we're trying to play on opposite ends of the, the botanical spectrum. Earthen is dark and deep and moody and smoky. And Luster, on the other hand, is bright and citrusy and fresh. But what Seth's magic was laying on top of maybe more traditional botanicals like bitter citrus, very obscure other botanicals like benzoin resin or frankincense that, again, you might have heard of, you might not have heard of, but you've probably never drank. Can you share a little bit about the specific ingredients that you uh, put into each of these? And I'm going to just name one of my favorites and my mom's personal favorite, the earthen, but you have white peppercorn, pine smoke tea. It has this really great bold flavor of cardamom. So how did you decide on each of these uh, two, uh, which I love how you shared expressions and deciding on which uh, ingredients to put in? Yeah, again, that, that was Seth's magic of his background across cooking, perfumery, tea, tea blending, was looking at uh, particular flavor profiles and aroma profiles, A, that he knew would extract well in water. So very different than a traditional spirit, we are not extracting our botanicals with ethanol as a tremendously good solvent. So something, for example, like juniper. For us, it didn't make sense. A, we weren't trying to emulate a gin. But juniper is not well extracted in water versus ethanol. So that would inherently take it out of the running for the way our process works. Seth was really looking for A, botanicals that could be, could be well extracted in water. But then again, looking at this idea of light, medium, and heavy aroma and flavor notes that he really focused for earthen on sort of those medium, deeper, heavier notes versus luster, where it's much more on those brighter, lighter notes. And I think, as you noted, they really do come across as distinctly different 
personalities almost as we, we like to think of between earth and luster. Yeah. And I think the thing that I appreciate, and I think a lot of people are starting to understand now is that these non-alcoholic spirits um, and non-alcoholic beverage as a whole are very complex and they take a lot of time and energy, both in terms of their creation, but then also just in terms of the manufacturing. Can you share a little bit about how you specifically use your ingredients to actually produce the product? Yeah, absolutely. We are more than happy to, to tell folks our entire process. It's not a secret. We think part of the secret is in Seth's brain trust, as well as some of the equipment we use. We start with all raw botanicals. So we are buying bags and bales of raw tea, of raw cardamom, of raw benzoin resin, of orange peels. And what we do is essentially our first step of making the product is making an herbal tea. We steep, take the ingredients, pour them into a large kettle, mix them with, with hot water, let them steep or soak for a while. And then the, the real key piece of equipment in our process is called a spinning cone column vacuum still. And, and that's a fancy way of saying uh, a still that operates under a vacuum. Therefore, the vacuum reduces the boiling point of the liquid going through the still so that we are very gently distilling this herbal tea at a low temperature, which allows us to carry across a lot more of the delicate aromas into our final distillate than would be possible if we we're using a more traditional pot or, or column still. Amazing. And can you share a little bit about how people actually drink Wilderton? Yeah, one of the things that, that we had seen going into the development, A, that we thought was important, B, that we thought was lacking in the category, were products that had a usage that, that spanned being able to be consumed neat or on the rocks all the way through uh, into complex cocktails. Again, with my background in the craft, traditional craft spirits world, um, really seeing how mixologists both at home and, and, at the, and in bars were using products, they were looking for a range of applicabilities. And for me, my personal drinking style is I love drinking products on the rocks or in simple concoctions. So it was inherent or imperative that, that Wilderton was really interesting and complex by itself, but also had enough backbone that it could stand up in a more complex cocktail. So we're seeing, frankly, usage across the board from earthen on the rocks is a beautiful expression right up through, through very complex mixology type applications. Yeah, I'm actually drinking earthen right now by itself, and it's 1030 in the morning. It's a great way to start uh, the day. Are there any particular recipes that you've enjoyed putting Wilderton into? We have several recipes that folks are able to find on our website. Two that uh, I think are very simple for folks to make at home and also are really emblematic of the two expressions. One is called the, we call it the daybreak, and that uses our luster expression with coconut and, and lime, coconut water and lime. And that is just the perfect hot back porch day, super refreshing. Maybe it's after a yoga class, maybe it's after a run, maybe it's around a barbecue. That is just summer in a glass. On the other side, for earthen, we have what we call the wild and free, which is uh, a bit of fresh orange juice and a bit of ginger beer. And it really plays up the spicy and smoky side of things. I, I drink it around a fireplace at night is a way to think about that drink. 
Love it. Love those two different two different scenes that you ended up providing. So you just all recently launched, probably less than six months ago or somewhere around there. How has that launch been and how have people responded to Alerton? Yeah, it was it was a it was a rush and a crush at the end of 2020. We we launched right at the end of November and we're based up here in Portland, Oregon. Our focus is in the Pacific Northwest market initially. Had have had some really good success with grocery store accounts here in Oregon, as well as on a more national basis, our website e-commerce platform has been really strong for us to reach outside of the Pacific Northwest. As we all know in this category, dry January is a is a great month, a great time to introduce more people into the growing field of non-alc beverages. And again, our timing, being able to launch right before dry January was a real boon to us getting out of the gate. And as you enter coming from this alcohol spirits world to this non-alcoholic spirits space and non-alcoholic beverages as a whole, how are you seeing this industry unfold? Are there are you seeing any interesting insights or trends in the non-alcoholic beverage industry? I think the biggest thing that was A, a an attraction to me and, and B is an opportunity for the whole category is the more relaxed regulatory environment that we are in that allow us to get product to people's hands directly without being beholden to either traditional distribution channels, traditional taxation environments. So I really think the direct-to-consumer opportunity is just amazing in this category. And frankly, it lets smaller, newer players like Wilderton play on a more even playing field with some of the more larger, more established players. And I think that's great for the industry at this point. Really, I do feel it's a, a rising tide is lifting all ships here. And I think the democratization of being able to get new products um, into consumers' hands right in their homes is great for the industry. You make me also see that there's that difference in the industry, but I think it's also going to be interesting in how it shifts consumer behavior and, and a consumer's experience and their relationship to just drinking in general with the opportunity of so many options and beer, wine, spirits, and ready to drink in the non-alcoholic beverage space, it creates an opportunity where people can have very interesting, complex beverages on any situation in any occasion. Yeah, the occasion part is something that that excites me the most. You know, my my wife is is now addicted to luster and and carrot juice in the morning, and that that is certainly not an occasion that you would traditionally have a have an alcoholic spirit. But I think that at its root is about what we're trying to bring here: are elevated flavor experiences. The lack of alcohol is almost a secondary piece. It's really just about bringing really wonderful complex, crafted flavor experiences that the first point that most people are going to think of them are as an alcohol occasion replacement. I'd really like to think that more non-alc options should be at coffee shops, should be at all these different venues where, where, where alcohol wouldn't have been, but where people are still looking for really interesting crafted beverages. You're projecting me to one of my favorite cafes and thinking about ordering a latte with a shot of earthen or luster in, in it and being able to create one complex drinks. And I, I love that you're using the word experience and also the expressions of Wilderton and being able to also allow baristas or people that are making drinks, the creative opportunity to try uh, a lot of different and interesting things with this typically thinking about complex alcohol drinks and usually only thinking of them as something for nighttime, these are something that can be enjoyed any time of the day. 
Absolutely. And I, I think that's one of the things we're hearing from both traditional bartenders as well as interestingly baristas are that they want to obviously satisfy and exceed the expectation of their consumer. Um, and it's been really hard to do that in the non-ALK space. In their, their toolkit's been limited in delivering highly complex crafted options. And part of what Wilderton was trying to do is be a new tool in their toolkit that sparks their imagination of how can you use these complex layered flavors in maybe the, the more traditional constructs of the drinks that they've been creating. Yeah. And the other thing you also pointed me out is with your wife putting uh, Wilderton in carrot juice and drinking it in the morning is it also is changing this concept or introducing this concept of healthy drinking and it being part of the health and wellness element of whatever, whatever health and wellness element you have with for yourself. What can you just share just quickly that I believe Wilderton is calorie free, correct? That is correct. Yep, yeah, 100% so, calorie free. So I can see adding Wilderton to something in the morning or even in the afternoon, and it's gonna it's gonna enhance anything that you're drinking. But it's also healthy in the sense that it's calorie free, gluten free, alcohol free, and then allergen free. Yeah, and that's I think one of the things that really, frankly, surprises people when they let's say they look at the bottle first. And as we know, we in our category need to have a nutritional label. Um, we're regulated by the FDA instead of the, the tax and trade bureau, the spirits industry is. So if you look at a bottle of Wilderton, the nutritional panel, zero calories, zero sodium, you know, zero gluten. And I think inherently set you up for not expecting the complexity and intensity that you experience when you have the product. And that is a, a testament to, to how we make it and something that you really can feel good about drinking any time of the day. I think the other thing that is interesting about Wilderton is in the second season of the Four All Drinks podcast, there's been a couple brands that I've interviewed and they do one thing, at least specifically for me, which is trans when I smell and taste the beverage, it transports me to a very specific place. And I remember smelling and tasting Earthrin, and it just totally transported me to the upper Northwest in Oregon or in Washington. And it felt like I was in a forest. And then when I ended up tasting um, the luster, I, I felt like I was in a sunny, green, grassy area and with sun hitting me. When you keep saying experience, I really think about that as when I'm drinking your drinks is it's transporting me to a new place and it enhances the overall experience of me drinking the beverage. Yeah. The fact that you notice that Marcos means that we did something right. Cause that is, that is core to our intention of how we put these together. Seth and I both spend a lot of time outdoors here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. And there are times you just, you smell and you feel what that place is like. And we tried to translate that into these drinks and to hear that's coming through is really appreciated. I'd love to dive a little bit deep into your background. I know you came from the spirit space previously and what's been kind of your work experience and personal experience up until launching Wilderton and how has that impacted or positively, how has that positively impacted the growth of Wilderton? I was a bit of a vagabond after after college. I traveled around the country quite a bit. I grew up outside of Boston, but landed in Oregon 20, 24 years ago now and was originally in the sporting goods industry, returned to get my MBA and had no idea what I wanted to do after that and had the extremely good fortune to knock on the door of a distilled spirits company here in Oregon back in 18 years ago. And that set me on a path where I was 
focused on production and procurement. And our particular distillery both bought spirits from other distilleries, as well as had a couple of our own craft distilleries. And yeah, through that process, again, just really fell in love with both the, the experience of cocktails, how we made distilled spirits, how the different spirits came to be, the traditions of them. And it just, again, I think being based up here in the Pacific Northwest, where there's just a culture of rewriting coffee culture, rewriting beer culture, rewriting wine culture, was fertile ground for me to have the opportunity to set out and really try to do something new and different in the spirit space. And can you share what's one of your favorite things that you love about your work? As great as the spirits world was, and as great as having a distilled spirit cocktail, which I still drink on occasion, I think the excitement of this category and selling something that you know is positive to people's life on so many ways has just been really exciting. And frankly, being able to put together our initial small team here at Wilderton and and all having this common vision of bringing an elevated drink to cocktails is has been just, it, it excites me to get up every day and do what we're doing. How does 2021 look like for you? What are some of the things that you're looking to do in 2021? Yeah, our goals in 2021 are not to spread ourselves too thin. Our home is the Pacific Northwest here, continuing to work in across Portland and Seattle and look to expand south down into California is, is our modest plan as we continue to spend some time on e-commerce. It's it's kind of hard for me to keep Seth from creating new things, but for now, we're going to be focusing on Earth and Luster this year. And then I think in 2022, looking to bring out a couple of new things. But for this year, it's get our feet under us. We're a small team looking to make modest steps this year and really appreciate all the the positive feedback that we've gotten, not only locally here, but but across the country. So, And as an extension of that, as we wrap up, where do you see Wilderton in the next five to 10 years? What's the vision for the company? I think it's uh, growing a brand that is based on authenticity. It's growing a brand that is based on connecting integrally with consumers. The U.S. is certainly our primary focus, but I think we'd be remiss to not be looking to other key non-ALK markets like the U.K. and the rest of the EU. And yeah, I just can't wait to keep building our team and keep building the message that, that we're bringing out. Thanks so much for joining us, Brad. And thanks for creating one of my favorite non-alcoholic uh, products. I'm, I'm very excited to start diving in. I love making different types of cocktails. And I think that Wilderton is one of those non-alcoholic spirits that allows you the opportunity to just create and do lots of fun things with drinks. Thanks so much for your interest, Marcos. I really enjoyed our chat today. Thanks so much for joining us today for another inspiring interview. I really hope you get the opportunity to try Wilderton Spirits. They are absolutely amazing and will be completely different than any other type of non-alcoholic spirit that you try. If you're subscribed to the show, thanks for being part of the For All Dreams community. I'd be super grateful if you can take a moment to leave me a rating if you enjoyed this episode and the podcast. If you're not a subscriber yet, be sure to subscribe to this and all the other episodes of the podcast to start discovering more delicious non-alcoholic drinks. Lastly, visit foralldrinks.com for show notes to this episode and sign up for our newsletter to get the latest non-alcoholic beverage news, special giveaways, discounts, and more. Here's to drinking healthy, inclusively, and different. See you all next week.